Welcome to True Mysteries, Stories of the Strange and Unexplained. I'm your host, Kit Crum, and I'm pleased to say we've been following Ray Ruckus. Ray, you have gone from the Alaskan Triangle. That's right, Kit. <laughs> uh, that's where I met Bigfoot, yet didn't have a camera. Oh, boy. And um, you also went to the Round School House, the most haunted place in Japan on Hokkaido Island, and went through a doorway in the fourth dimension. I'm curious what happened to the pictures you took of the shadow people. Well, that's going to be another story. And uh, when I woke up, I did not have my camera. And I want to mention at this point, Kit, that I have a book coming out in October uh, I've had some people question the fact that I seem to be reading from a script, and indeed I am. Uh, the book I'm putting out in October is called The Paranormal Reader's Bedside Companion, with over 400 stories of ghosts and hauntings and vampires and really strange stuff that I've encountered over the past decade or more. And these tend to blur because I've had so many adventures, and that's why I put them in script form, and I am indeed reading from a script. With that in mind, I can say I'm looking at a script you're going to be reading from, and it looks like you're headed to Pirate's Island. That's right, kid. Um, I received that letter from Calvin Ritter, who was doing a documentary on Pirate's Island, and I'm going to take it from there. And it was typical Calvin humor to ask, if you're still alive, call me. Cal had brought me aboard one of his projects before. It was easy money. My going rate was $500 a day plus expenses, and if I experienced a supernatural event, my daily rate tripled. I had no idea where Pirate Island was located, so I pulled out my cell and gave Cal a call, all the time wondering why he would pull a production crew out of South Africa. I had to look up Madagascar in my atlas uh, of the world. It turns out it's located off eastern coast of Africa, and it's the fourth largest island in the world and a country unto itself. And Pirate Island is actually the island of St. Marie, four nautical miles from Madagascar. Pirate Island is the main source of tourist income for that country, for Madagascar. And that had dried up when several tourists died while on Pirate's Island. Cal informed me that the local government was granting him full access to the famed Pirate Island with the understanding it would be portrayed as a tourist destination and the recent deaths not be mentioned. That was fine with me. The rub, it seemed, for Cal and his crew, they would have to find their own transportation since local pilots wouldn't land their craft or there would be no ferry service. It had been closed down, so Cal had to find his own way to the island. It was only about four miles. Cal said he had to fly me into Madagascar, but didn't say how we'd get from Madagascar to Pirate's Island. Well, I shifted gears before I gave Cal the go-ahead to buy me a plane ticket. I needed to find out more about this curse. When dealing with ghosts, people usually welcome you with open arms. They invite you in because you're going to resolve or solve a problem. A curse, on the other hand, is usually when someone is trying to keep people, in this case me, away from something. I dug up a number for Tim Crisofoli, the undisputed expert on pirate treasure. I'd caught him the day before he set out to join a group that would be diving on a Spanish galleon off the Oregon coast. I explained my theory 
that the supposed curse was probably intended to keep people away from something. He spoke non-stop, informing me that Madagascar itself was riddled with crime. But if I ventured to the island, my concern would be black widows and huge snakes. However, if my theory was correct, it would concern the pirate treasure tunnels. Whoa. He went on to name dozens of pirate captains and how at one time during the 17th century, there were over a thousand pirates that called the little island of St. Marie home. How many would never return to the sea? Well, they would bury their treasure in tunnels and underground chambers that all had all sorts of traps that would trap anyone trying to steal their booty. Before I could ask questions, he gave me a cell phone, wished me good luck, and hung up. I gave some thought to what Tim had said, mainly the dangers, and decided that the risk would be worth the adventure. I knew that if I went Nevada and the Nevada Triangle and Area 51, I'd end up in a cheap motel making dozens of phone calls in an attempt to put together a sellable story. I called Calvin and told him I was in and where to send the advance and the flight information. Little did I know what I was getting into. Well, I flew from Hokkaido International to Tokyo's Narita International, where I picked up an Air Madagascar flight on a 747, a little over 14 hours to Madagascar. This would give me ample time to read over the facts sent by Cal that I'd built into a file. When working toward a sellable story, I began with a file of existing data and build around it. The 14-hour flight would allow me to sift through usable facts and set up an outline for a story, typical story for a network to pick up, uh, who have been somewhere between three and four minutes completely with an opening, several interviews, and some kind of conclusion. That's what I had to put together. Working under the assumption that the curse was recent fabrication to keep people away from one of the tunnels on Pirate Island, perhaps a tunnel treasure, That could be my first line of investigation. On the other hand, my research revealed that the pirates had formed a colony called the Libertalia. Tim Crisofoli, the pirate expert, told me was probably where the old pirates lived, kind of an old folks' home for pirates and possibly where they buried their booty. Now, I could follow up on the curse, building a story around it, or investigate a near-mythical village of Libertalia and build a story around a pirate community. But Tim's comment that if I could define area that once supported Libertalia, I would have the best chances of finding pirate gold. Well, I was in on that. I wouldn't exactly call my feeling a case of gold fever, but I spent at least 10 hours of my flight to Madagascar rationalizing why I should investigate Libertalia and how that story would sell. By the time I landed just outside the capital of Madagascar, I'd reminded myself that I was being hired to investigate the curse, but again rationalized how I could search for Libertalia on my own time whenever that might be. I figured the island of St. Marie was tiny, just 37 miles long and 6 miles wide. How hard could it be to find the remnants of a pirate community of over a thousand? And I'll leave it there. I want to remind you that I am putting together a book. It's called The Paranormal's Reader Bedside Companion. It'll be out in October with over 400 stories of the haunting, paranormal, and strange. Today is Wednesday, and I will be taking you to uh, Pirate Island, and hopefully I will be taking you down into one of the pirate tunnels looking for treasure. And kid, I'll turn it back to you at that point. Great. That's pretty exciting. 
Ray, over 400 stories in your book. That's right, kid. I'm, I'm currently assembling them. I'm having to trim them back and add some details. And you know about writing books. You've got about 20 out there, I understand. Uh, that's right. And as a matter of fact, that was a good segue, Ray. <laughs> um, I will be giving away a book, actually, 25 free audio books. Uh, it's a thriller. It's called Project Deepwater. I'll be giving it away on Friday. All you have to do is contact me at kitkcrum at gmail.com. Tell me you want a free audio copy of my thriller, Project Deepwater, and I'll send you a code and how to use it to get your free audiobook. That's Friday. But uh, tomorrow, we're going to go down to Pirate's Island and hopefully down in a treasure tunnel. And with that, thank you for listening, and be sure to listen tomorrow. This is Kit Crum, and this is Ray Ruckus. Thanks for listening.